This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Insiders wherever you get your podcasts. And everybody from Philadelphia, 76ers, love Without further ado, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another post-Sixers win reaction. I'm Lauren Rosen. Matt Murphy is with me. We are going to jump straight into the box score first and foremost today just to get those questions coming in, those comments coming in. So as I go through this box score uh, in our open, I would love to hear what you guys think, standout performances, and then I'm going to let Matt Murphy take it away with some analysis. So guys... Let's get right into it. Joel Embiid back at it again. He missed the Sixers' three-game trip on which they went 2-1, and one, won back-to-back games in Orlando, rather not in a back-to-back, but back-to-back at Orlando with a day in between. And then were able to win their third game in four days last night at home at the center. Joel Embiid led the way in his return. 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 9 for 18 from the field, 12 for 13 from the free throw line. That doesn't even begin to tell the whole story when you look at what he was able to do defensively and those 11 final points for the Sixers all coming from Embiid in that fourth quarter. Tobias Harris was excellent once again. 24 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist. He shot 10 for 18 from the field, 3 for 7 from three-point range. Shake Milton, also excellent once again. 21 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Matt, he's becoming a little bit of a triple-double risk. And, of course, more so when Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and James Harden aren't available. But Shake Milton remaining so productive with Joel back in the lineup is exciting to see. De'Anthony Melton and George Niang contributed 9 points apiece. Strong outing from Matisse Thibel, who also returned to the lineup last night for the first time in a in about a week, he finished with four points in just eight minutes um, and had a steal. He looked good, Matt. He made both of his attempts. Furkan Korkmaz, Paul Reed, Daniel House Jr., P.J. Tucker all also playing a role in this one. So any questions, any thoughts on those guys, please send them in. But without further ado, good morning, Matt Murphy. How are you? What did you think about last night's victory? It was a hard-fought win for the Sixers to get to 12-9 and on the season. They've won three in a row impressive second win in Orlando rolling that into the second half of a back-to-back where they traveled home taking on a Hawks team that played at in Atlanta the night before and was looking to bounce back the Sixers and Hawks play these close games I think for the Sixers to as many of the players said afterwards and we will hear from audio from some of them today during the show they had to grind it out they had to keep fighting that was the message in the huddle fight, chip away, come back. And that's the number on the box score that stood out to me was the number 16. That was the biggest lead, 16 points for the Atlanta Hawks. So the biggest comeback of the season so far for the Philadelphia 76ers. When you were going through the individual players and mentioning Shake Milton, triple-double watch in the past few games with the seven assists, zero turnovers. That's a number, another number that stood out to me from the box score. A clean game from Shake Milton, who got it going as the game was progressing, just like Joel Embiid, who, with him back in the lineup, to do most of his damage when it mattered most, finish with 30 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists himself. Key defensive play against Trey Young to seal the deal. But Shake got it going 
as well. They were playing off each other quite well when the game mattered most, and, and we can dive more into that. I want to hear from everyone as well so we can sort through some of the messages and tweets. But, yeah, the comeback effort, given the circumstances, and it being a 16-point comeback, was something that I was looking at for sure. Joel Embiid, of course, the top story in his return to the court, but he understands that there were some other top stories going on this week. And after the game, Joel gave a lot of credit, a lot of props to that group that went out on the road and did so well in the absence, again, of Joel, of Tyrese, and of James Harden during that time. Let's hear Joel immediately post-game last night. Man, they've been doing so good. Um, I think they've just been, you know, trusting each other. Um, you know, even before I got hurt, I think, you know, the way we were playing, then we were playing together, uh, you know, just moving the ball, um, you know, making sure everybody touches the ball. And, uh, you know, obviously the last four games, um, you know, they've been playing on another level. Uh, and defensively and offensively, I think our offense has been so good because of our defense. Um, so I think that's the reason why we, we've been winning all these games. The 76ers now have won seven of their last nine. They have won four of their last five and three of those in a row. Matt, the team leaving this afternoon to head to Cleveland where they will face the Cavaliers tomorrow. But I love what Joel said about the way that the guys were able to sort of shoulder the burden, step up and step in. That's what we heard all week long from those guys that were stepping up. And cool to see Joel give them props and then put the team on his back in that second half of a back-to-back. Um, Matt, I, you, I think you might have had a better angle of the fourth quarter than I did. For those that don't know, I sort of move around in the fourth quarter when it looks like the Sixers are going to take a victory. What did you see from Joel Embiid in that 11-point run, in that final game-saving steal? How did it feel to, to watch Joel uh, in prime fashion last night in his return? You know, it's interesting because he only had two field goals made in the the fourth quarter. So he did the bulk of the scoring and the bulk of his scoring, for that matter, in the second half, in the fourth quarter. Much of that came on free throws, but his two field goals were as well-timed as they could have possibly been. They cleared out the one side. He made something out of nothing, or so it seemed, for the first one when he, you know, he backed down Capella and, and scored. And then on what turned out to be the game-winning basket, that was an action with Shake Milton speaking of their two-man game that Doc Rivers talked about at post-game as well. There was a question about it, and just running that pick-and-roll at the elbow, or pick-and-pop in this case. And when Joel pops out, uh, Doc mentioned this, and you can see it develop. The defense has a decision to make because they have to either choose to stop Shake from going all the way to the basket uh, if they do that, then he can pass it back out to Joel, who ultimately hits what proves to be the game winner. And then in that environment against these Hawks, this Hawks team with Trey Young and to get a defensive stop where he baited Trey Young into throwing a lob, it was very, very impressive to see. You said it, 12-9 and nine record. They've won 7 of 9. They've won 8 of 11. And now it's it's kind of odd that they come home for this one game on the second half of a back-to-back, and now, Lauren, you're heading right back out on the road with this Sixers team for a tough stretch of games, a tough road trip at Cleveland, at Memphis, at Houston. So it was just a quick stop at home, but having Embiid back, I think, is going to just inject even more life 
into this team that had already been clicking. We heard him say it. He said his teammates have just been playing so well in the absence of such key pieces. Now they'll have to do it on the road again. It's a quirky little stretch for the 76ers, Matt. You mentioned it, heading out on this road trip. I'm seeing some questions and comments about the injury report. We don't have a new one for today, but I can tell you what Doc Rivers said yesterday about his team. He said he was hoping that Joel would play. Joel did indeed. He said that he knows that James Harden is out on the court doing work on the court for the first time, but he didn't feel, or not for the first time, but has been out on the court rather, but he didn't feel that Tyrese Maxey was quite there yet. We did see Tyrese last night. He's no longer in the boot. That is, I guess, a bit of an update in itself, but those guys, as you know, uh, Matt, are itching, itching, itching to get back out there on the floor. So great to see Joel come back. Great to hear the other two are progressing, and we will keep you guys posted. Sorry not to have a better answer about those injuries. Lauren, I think um, we can use that as an opportunity to go inside the, the locker room a bit because we we're in there for pregame media availability prior to this Hawks game when Tyrese came in, no boot, and it was fun to see him interacting with his teammates and sort of greeting all of them and like tapping them on the shoulder and saying, hey, how's it going? Well, it's a tough stretch for a guy like Tyrese Maxey who loves being with his team so much, right? We just saw the Sixers have a very long homestand. There's another one coming up, but this is a really extreme stretch of being away. Matt, you mentioned that they came back into town just for 36 hours in one game, and it means that Tyrese Maxey has been away from his teammates for quite a long time and is about to be potentially away from them for another week or so. It's got to be tough for a guy that loves his teammates the way that he does and that loves being around. So it was cool to see him come back in and embrace the crew the way that he did. And they were all excited, of course, to see him without the boot because when the team left a week ago, he was in that boot. He was moving very gingerly. Uh, Good to see him sort of moving a little bit like himself last night. Matt, I want to go to Tobias Harris now and hear from him. He discussed the fight. You mentioned it. They, They didn't stop. They didn't quit. That was the message in the huddle all night long, and Tobias talked about it post game. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, all throughout the game, we were saying just keep fighting. Obviously, you know, early on, you know, there's a couple, a lot of times there where we caught ourselves down 10 points, 13 points, and whatnot. But we kept fighting all throughout the whole night um, and was just able to create something towards the end of the game, uh, get, get some energy in that um, towards the end of the third quarter to give us some life there. And once we were able to do that, we was really able to just flow and, and um, you know, do what we do to close out close out a good home victory. Feel to have Joel back in the lineup, and what did you make of his performance? He was great. I mean, um, you know, obviously, just his presence and his dominance is is huge for our whole group. Um, and I, I thought, you know, really, he he did a great job of just involving everybody in the game. You know, seven assists is, is huge, and. Um, you know, his, his ability to, to take over a game, especially in the fourth quarter, he's a big fuss, and he, he just, you know, did, did awesome. And, um, you know, we were excited to have him back. Uh, you know, we would love to have him back earlier, but it was good to just get him back for tonight. That's Tobias Harris discussing the fight of his teammates, discussing Joel Embiid's comeback. Um, and Matt, when you think about what he came back from in that meantime period, Tobias Harris and Shake Milton really were tremendous for the 76ers. Shake's the one we haven't spoken about yet tonight, but I want to run back through his last couple games. Matt, I know you've watched Shake closely for many, many moons, um, and I want to hear your thoughts on what he's been able to do last night against Atlanta. 21 points, five rebounds, seven assists. Two nights ago against Orlando, 29 points, five rebounds, seven assists. That 29-point mark marked his, his new season high. Uh, 
a game before that, 24 points, nine rebounds, and a career-high 10 assists, just one rebound shy of a 24-point triple-double. Um, and then in Charlotte, Shake had 22, 7, and 9. So it's been quite a tear for young, well, maybe not so young anymore, Shake Milton. But, Matt, what have you seen from him, and how have you seen him grow? 26 isn't young anymore? I'm just messing. I mean, I, no, 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 no. It is, but I he's, think we say yes, young Shake yes. Milton, but he's now one of the, I mean, really, one of this team's veteran types, right? And he's yeah. one of the longest tenured Sixers alongside Furkan Korkmaz, who might not be considered young anymore either. Joel Embiid might somehow not be considered young anymore. Uh, that was actually, Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on Shake, but but that reminds me of something that Doc Rivers said last night. He feels it's a very mature team, actually. Tyrese Maxey, by far the youngest of those getting a, a lion's share of the minutes. Um, and Tyrese, of course, mature beyond his years. So really cool to see the way that these guys that we've considered young for a while are, are sort of coming into their own and, and becoming bona fide veterans in their own right. Matt, Shake Milton's certainly one of those. What have you thought of what he's done lately? He is a mature player, and I think he's – He's had that from very early on in his career. I'm not just talking G League, but I think we've seen it in spurts over the years with the Sixers. And you're right. I, when it comes to experience, he's he's been around. And he has played with Joel Embiid for multiple seasons at this point. And Embiid said, quote, the NBA is all about opportunity in reference to Shake just last night after the game. So... I think that's that's what it's been about for Shake Milton. He does play with that poise, that confidence to have zero turnovers with the seven assists, to pick up the scoring in the second half of a game when your legs might not be as fresh as they were during portions of that first three-game road trip while he's in the middle of this scoring tear. The scoring is always going to be there. I think he looks really comfortable in the offense, and sometimes basketball is a simple game. Giving your this was a theme of what came out of the post game is just finding your best players in the spots that they like, giving them the ball where they like to receive the ball, and he has a knack for that right now with Joel Embiid because they're two guys that know each other's games quite well at this point. Speaking of mature, the person we just heard from was Tobias Harris, who has a very mature game. How about the shot? at the end of the shot clock, I thought was so huge and so much transpired after this point. But early in the fourth quarter, when the shot clock didn't reset, they were trailing and a three by Tobias Harris with one second on the shot clock as it was expiring, gave the Sixers a one point lead. And then a big basket followed that from Matisse Thibel with the left hand. And the, the bench absolutely loved the Matisse Thibel finish. Those were two big baskets in the win over the Hawks. For sure. Those two, I think, Matt, made the comeback feel pretty real. Um, and then Joel Embiid, of course, took it from there. But I like what you said about Tobias's maturity. He's so aware. He's so poised at all times. And that sort of confusing shot clock situation was a perfect example of Tobias taking the game into his own hands and, and understanding what, what the circumstances were and making it count. And then, of course, you mentioned Matisse Thibel with that lefty finish. That, uh, if you want to check out um, the bench reaction to Matisse's lefty finish, which was almost more impressive than the finish itself. Uh, the Sixers have you covered on their Twitter, on their Instagram. It was awesome to see the way that Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey in particular were so excited to embrace Matisse Thibel after that finish in his first return back after he's been away dealing with some ankle pain. So Matt, as we look ahead, um, what excites you about, about the, the road ahead? What are you watching for before we wrap this one up? 
the first two games, the third game is Houston. They're obviously a young team, but Cleveland is going to be a test. Every night in the NBA is is a tough test, and I think the Sixers would rather be in this position right now where Joel Embiid plays a game and you have a chance to kind of reset and refocus. That was another big word that came out of this Hawks game. But the focus level, and it's got to be high. You have Joel Embiid returning to the lineup. They want to keep this positive, this trend of positive play going, maybe build out a win streak. They've won three straight. So they've got this game coming up at Cleveland. It's a 7 p.m. game on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, NBC Sports Philadelphia, 97.5, the Fanatic. Cleveland's a really good team at home. They saw them in the preseason. Not that that's any indication. The Sixers had a great preseason, but the uh, their home record in the regular season, the Cavaliers, is eight and one. Of course, they have they have Donovan Mitchell now in Cleveland, so I'm I'm looking forward to see how they fare against Cleveland and against Memphis, two teams that are uh, on the the upswing right now when it comes to the NBA landscape. I would say that I think those first two games of the three, not to discount the Houston game, but it's important to get off to a good start. They're going to be tested. Yeah, no doubt about it, Matt. The the Cleveland Cavaliers have won five of their last seven. They did fall in Toronto last night to the Raptors, but it's a fun team to watch. It's been really cool to see the way that Donovan Mitchell really has, has fit in pretty seamlessly. They hit a little bit of a roadblock, w- losing five in a row, but since then they've been awesome. Um, and, and I'm really excited to see how the Sixers stack up with someone that they could see down the road uh, and into the playoffs. Lauren, since we didn't talk after the Orlando series, the two-game mini-series, I'm sure we have some passionate Furkan Korkmaz supporters in, in the space and listening after the fact on the 76ers Insiders podcast feed. I think we need to talk about not only the Furkan end of the first quarter buzzer beater three George Niang had one of those against Atlanta but also the behind the back relocate to the corner hit the three it's good to see Korkmaz back out there as well playing with that Furkan swagger I absolutely love that play one of my favorites of the year involving some of the fan favorites um, on this team. Cool to see Furkan heating up. Cool to see him taking advantage of opportunities. Doc Rivers gave him a shout out last night for how confident he's been playing, despite the fact that he really had to earn these minutes and step up during a time when the team was so shorthanded. So cool to see Furkan Korkmaz finding a bit of a stride. Great to see some international fans in this space right now. Furkan will come up against his Turkish friend in Cleveland, uh, in Chetty Osman in a couple of days. So Matt, looking forward to that, looking forward to hopefully speaking with you after another Sixers win in Cleveland. Um, that would take us to Thursday morning, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you mentioned it, these first couple of games will be exciting ones to be sure. James Harden returning home to Houston, also always exciting. And the team gets two days off on Saturday and Sunday, which will be so well-deserved. It's been a crazy little stretch for the crew. Um, and looking forward to seeing how they're able to capitalize on the momentum they've built, Matt. I hope that you enjoy the the extra day in your hometown of Houston, Texas. And if you will indulge me, I will close out with, can I talk about Saban Lee for a quick second, the newest oh my God, two-way course. contract player? How have we not done that yet? Please. Just the timing hasn't worked out. But um, Saban Lee, of course, now on a two-way contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, which means he can play for the Sixers. He can play for the Delaware Bluecoats in the G League. 
He's a, a 23-year-old guard from Vanderbilt who I, I've actually seen a good amount in the G League because he, he's played 85, now 86 NBA games. He scored for the Sixers the other night in Orlando in the 30-point win, but he's he's also played a lot in the G League as well in the past couple of seasons. He actually had, at Chase Fieldhouse in Delaware, he had a 40-point game. He's a guy that gets to the free throw line a remarkable amount, um, knows how to control his body in the paint and get to the line, gets a lot of steals as well on the defensive end. And the 40-point game against the Bluecoats was one of four 40-point games that Saban Lee had in the G League last season. So the new Sixers two-way guy, Saban Lee, is a bucket getter. Looking forward to seeing him get some buckets for the Sixers and for the Delaware Bluecoats. For those of you that are unaware, Matt Murphy is our voice of the Delaware Bluecoats, and he's got quite a hefty schedule up ahead as well. So the Sixers will be back in action tomorrow night in Cleveland. Matt, you mentioned it. You can catch that on NBC Sports Philadelphia or on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. Matt, looking forward to doing some more of these with you as the season goes along. If you want the last word, it's all yours. I don't have anything this time. Lauren, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, check out the 76ers Insiders podcast feed if you're not already following that. These go up outside of back-to-backs. These are in both places. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys.